This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 118. Do you want to be my friend? Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. All right, I know you said do you want to be my friend, but do you want to build a snowman is what popped into my mind. <laughs> well, considering we've friend? already had snow fall down yeah, in Edmonton, it's true. that <laughs> is very much a possibility, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> and then there's other friends who are going to the beach to celebrate anniversaries. Congratulations. And also just a tad jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely. But, you know, we're not here to talk about the weather today. <laughs> we're here to talk about friendships. Exactly. And as many of our children have gone back to school, isn't it incredible to watch our children make friends? Mm-hmm. One of our children is an extreme extrovert and can literally make friends with a rock. <laughs> yeah. Like wherever he goes, he makes connections and he tells us that he has made a new friend and then talks about this new friend like he's known them for his whole life. He's six years old. For many, making friends in kindergarten was easy, right? (laughs) I mean, but as we get older, it definitely does seem to get a bit more complicated. Now, looking back at your childhood or college years, let me ask you a question. Did you ever really learn how relationships work? Hmm. Maybe you took a course on attachment theory, human development, or communication styles, or maybe you just read a BuzzFeed article on it. Uh, But the fact of the matter is there's not really a standardized course in education for everyday people to learn how to be successful in friendships, right? Yeah, exactly, Daniel. And considering how many people we will meet in person and online or the people we work with and become friends with in our lifetimes, it's really an incredibly important life skill to have. Mm -hmm. And that's why on today's episode, we really want to do a crash course on everything they didn't teach you in school. Welcome to Adult Friendships 101. (laughs) Love it. Perhaps you are one of the lucky ones that have kept the same friendships all through your childhood until now. But for most of us, myself included, we've had to start forming friendships and relationships from the beginning stages, the sometimes awkward, quote-unquote, getting-to-know-you phase, and it takes work to move from those beginning stages of, hi, my name's Christina, what's your name, to going on family vacations together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely takes longer than it did back in elementary school, where it was, hi, my name's Daniel, hi, my name's Jordan, you want to come over to my house? Sure. <laughs> Let me ask my mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a little bit different as we get older, but that's not really a reason to give up on it. So in his book, Relational Intelligence, Darius Daniels talks about how relational intelligence is the ability to discern if someone should be a part of our lives and what place that the person should occupy. So while everyone should be loved appropriately and valued equally, it doesn't mean that we should treat everyone the same. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say that again, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone should be loved and valued equally, Uh right? And loved appropriately, right? It doesn't mean that we should treat everyone the same. That might be really revolutionary for some people here. (laughs) Yeah, completely. Just think about like this. Relating to people properly is not the same thing as treating them equally. So although everyone is equally valuable, 
not everyone adds equal value to each and every one of us. So Darius in his book goes on to define four categories of relationships that we all have. And it's super helpful because it really does help us know what the difference is and understand where those people, where everyone is in our life, mm-hmm. those who are in our kind of constellation of friendships. I can see how that would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. And at first, the thought of categorizing people feels mm, a little icky, right? Like, yeah. Ooh. Well, because it goes back to that valuing thing, right? right? It's like, am I judging people? Am I ranking them? And is it wrong to place people into categories because they're not just stuff, right? Mm. You're not like home editing and you're putting all your towels into one basket and all your socks into another. These are real people. Well, and people change too. That's right. Right? So that's that's another one of those reasons where it's like, uh, should we put them in boxes? Should we put them in categories? But at least initially placing them in one over the four definitely does help know how we are to relate with them. Right, Daniel. And as I read the categories that Darius explains in his book and then took the time to examine my own life, it actually made a lot of sense and gave me a new freedom in making and investing into relationships. Because let's be frank, we don't have all the time in the world and we don't have the ability to give all of us to everyone. It's really interesting to look at the life of Jesus and see how he even put people into categories. He had many followers and then he had a closer bunch with his 12 disciples that that he shared life with, but then he also had an inner circle of Peter, James, and John. Yeah. And then even after that, John was his beloved disciple. That's right. So even there. You know, when you read the Bible, it can be argued that Jesus was the most relationally intelligent person to walk the face of this earth. He knew and demonstrated the fact that we have only so much time, so much energy, and so many resources to invest into relationships. So if we don't take the time to define the relationships that are in our lives, simply put, we can't make strategic investments to effectively accomplish our purpose, right? We can't divvy up our time in ways that is most effective and honestly we might make wake up one day and realize that the people who mean the most to us got the least from us because we were busy giving our time or energy and our resources to the wrong people wow that was powerful daniel i don't want to wake up one day and realize that i've given the least of me to my kids or to you Mm -hmm. or to other people who are really important to me yeah let me read a quote from relational intelligence if we put people in the wrong categories of our lives it's not just detrimental to me but detrimental to them also when misplacement happens Some relationships are destroyed that were salvageable. That hurts a lot, (laughs) doesn't it? Yeah. And growing up in church and seeing ministry around me, there was a time in my life where I didn't want to be a pastor's wife because I saw that. Mm -hmm. I saw how the misplacement of different relationships where pastors or other people in ministry were investing so much into other people's lives that they were neglecting their own families. And as the children grew up, their relationships were destroyed with their parents because they felt like they weren't as important as ministry or as church or, you know, fill in the blank. That could be anything. And so that's why 
why we really want to be able to give you these tools. And in sharing these four categories of relationships, our hope for y'all is that you will have an effective GPS tool to use as you navigate the journey of adult friendships. Yeah, because whether it's in church or outside of the church, regardless of your job, the fact is, if you're good at what you do, people are going to keep on asking more from you. Right. They are knocking on your door. You don't have to go and look for opportunities to spend yourself and your energy. Oh, completely. Especially as you climb the ladder at work and gain more responsibility and authority, it's just going to take more and more of your time. So unless you set those boundaries and really be able to categorize all the relationships in your lives, and we're going to walk through these four, unless you do that, everything's going to feel the same. And honestly, you're going to give the same amount of this is unintentionally, Mm -hmm. you might give the same amount of time to your child as you do to a coworker who is gossiping behind your back or a stranger. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber and author of the Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books, available wherever books are sold. Yeah, completely. So let's walk through these four categories. Christina, why don't you get us started with the first category, which is friends. Well, this happens to be my favorite. (laughs) It also (laughs) happens to be maybe the most difficult at times, right? Thankfully, friendship was and is God's idea. It's really one of the ways he meets a big desire of all of our hearts. We want to be known, right? Friends are individuals who are relational assets and not liabilities in our lives. Mm. They also offer more than company. They help us carry out our calling. So this type of friendship should be the one place where you're able to be your authentic self and the relationship is affirming to both parties. So that's not just give, 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 or Mm. take, 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 great. Darius defines friendships as a relationship where we don't have to tell half-truths because we can't tell the whole truth, where we don't have to walk on eggshells. Oh, isn't that awesome? (laughs) (laughs) Already I'm loving this. (laughs) Our friendship should be uninhibited in many ways, a place where we are unashamed. Our relationships are full of affection, though not the handsy kind. And the bottom line is that they are vessels for an enormous manifestation of God's unconditional love for us. I love that quote because it gives us an image of what real friendship is. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes when we think about, and I love how you said give, 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 take, 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 because in most relationships, there is a measure of giving and taking. And some are more lopsided than others. And others are really, there are certain times and certain people in certain relationships where it really is reciprocal and you don't leave feeling empty you leave feeling filled and it's not just you that leaves feeling filled but the other person does as well yes and completely and when we say reciprocal we want to be able to caveat that and it doesn't mean that 
you go over to their house one day and they come over to your house one day or you cook them a meal and they cook them a a meal and vice versa. It's not reciprocal doesn't mean even. It means that both parties have the same amount of trust and affection for one another. So for example, in a season where perhaps your friend has lost a child or has gone through a miscarriage, reciprocal means that you may be spending more time taking care of them, cooking the meals, listening to them, giving them a shoulder to cry on. And that would be what a good friend does in that season. In other times, there may be a season where you go through a really difficult time and that friendship and that friend does the same for you in the sense of is there for you in the way that you need it. Yeah, this is not a tit for tat sort of, I have my tally list and you have your tally list. This is honestly, where you can be your authentic self, you can be your full self. Mm-hmm. And you know, there are some relationships where it really is, yeah, I'm giving you something and then you're giving me something and it kind of goes back and forth for a little bit. But it can actually evolve into a sort of relationship where no one's keeping score. Mm-hmm. Right? Because when you're not keeping score, and there's not necessarily a I have to be in this relationship because I'm your boss, or because you have, you owe me this or because of that, but it really is this mutual, well, we both yeah, we, we, we can both honestly be our authentic selves when we're with one another, mm-hmm. not hiding or positioning or leveraging or using or anything like that. That's when you know that the relationship that you have is in this first category in, you know, as a, as a friend. That doesn't happen overnight. Right. And so before that friendship happens and that deep trust happens, there's going to be other ways to get there. And for example, that brings us to category number two, which is associates. Yeah. The second category of relationship is often confused with the first one, right? Friendships. So let's try to explain it like this. So, unlike the first category, associates are relationships where you share common interest or your schedules just naturally intersect right so just think about like this maybe there's someone you see at church or there's someone in your child's school so the nature of of the relationship right you see them often you say hi you know their names it's friendly but the chemistry isn't necessarily there in in the terms of you don't necessarily want to go deeper in the relationship or you don't really know enough about the person to the point where if there's a situation where you really do have to trust them that's not really the person that you would naturally go to yeah exactly So a person should be assigned to the associate category when there really hasn't been enough time, interest, or desire to develop the kind of connection needed for that deep friendship in category one. The unfortunate awkward part about this associate category is there can be a difference of expectations. Associate relationships are often unbalanced. For example, a person may be willing to share all the details of their life with you because they trust you and see you as their friend, but you don't actually trust them enough to share in the same way because you don't see them as a friend. You see them as an associate. Perhaps you're thinking back and you're like, yeah. Yeah, I've been there or you've been on the other (laughs) side where you thought someone was was a friend and you treated them like that. But then you realize, oh, I'm the one spilling my guts and they're just tapping me on the shoulder or hugging me and saying it will be okay. But they're really not sharing any of their life with you. 
So these awkward interactions are a good sign that both parties are associates rather than the first category of friends. Now, the last thing that we would want you to do after listening to this episode is doubt all the relationships in your lives. So, <laughs> I mean, it's so so don't necessarily go to that extent of navel gazing where you really are beginning to do a score tally of, okay, in this relationship, is it a friendship or is it an associate? Am I giving more than they're giving? And, and don't necessarily go down that road yet. It's good rather wait obviously for all four categories so that you can see how they plot together and and with that knowledge you can actually then begin going like okay so what trajectory is each relationship Mm -hmm. on because yeah it might be more lopsided today but maybe it's just because the other person doesn't have and and you want this person they they see you as an associate but you see them as a friend and 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 it's not necessarily just because you realize that today doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that you have to give up on it right right because there might just be um yeah there might just be other factors that you just don't have control over at the moment or you just need more time that person might need more time than you do Exactly, Daniel. And in the following episode, we are going to be able to tell you actually how to determine all these different types of relationships and also what to do with them. Mm-hmm. So, but in terms of the associate category, when you are really able to understand and embrace the reality that maybe you see them as a friend and they see you as an associate or vice versa, you are able to have realistic expectations from this type of relationship and also in the end, minimize your frustrations with it. Mm, That's good. That's good. We appreciate this quote we heard about friendships. It's one thing to do things in life with somebody but doing life with someone is a friend. Oh, one more time, Daniel. <laughs> it's one thing to do things in life with somebody, but doing life with someone is a friend. That's a perfect way to sum up category one, which is friendship, and category two, which is associate. So, Daniel, what's a third category? Assignments. So the assignment category, so assignment in terms of relationship, is an interesting one, and it's too often ignored or misinterpreted. So think about it like this. An assignment is a trainee, a mentee, or an advisee, right? In other words, it's a mentoring relationship where you are the mentor. So this type of relationship exists mostly for the purpose of the mentor providing mentorship, guidance, or coaching to the assignment. Hmm. So it's not necessarily even? No, it's not even at all. It's mostly non-reciprocal since it's a lopsided exchange, right? Mm -hmm. You, as the mentor, will make many deposits into the mentee's life or to the assignment's life, but you'll most likely not receive as many and maybe none at all. So this is interesting because as a pastor, myself and for you as a counselor, we have lots of skills I mean, we've learned skills around listening That's right. and coaching and mentoring to the point where uh, we'll, we know how to ask good questions. Mm-hmm. So this framework is incredibly helpful because if we're not careful, we may actually end up going into counselor or pastor mode in most of our relationships right. where this assignment relationship is actually the thing that dominates most of the relationships in our lives. Right. You're almost um, being like the savior on the white horse, mm-hmm. right? Or you can be looked upon that or you can look at yourself like that into yeah. every relationship where that's not the case and should not be the case, especially if the person hasn't invited you in to be that in that relationship or yeah. that type of relationship. However, in an assignment 
category, not that we're your savior or anything like that, but there is a purpose to giving wisdom, to giving advice, to helping coach this person in a certain way. It doesn't have to be just their life. Maybe it's business coaching or it's financial coaching, so on and so forth. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. So the nature of the relationship is one where you're purposely giving to someone what you may have received. At some point, if your contribution to their life no longer looks valuable to them or they've graduated or moved on from a stage in their life where they need your help, they are likely to leave the relationship. And so if you've confused the assignment category to be a friendship category, you are probably going to get hurt, right? Because you're like, hey, you were using me. Mm. Or you could feel like they were just taking, taking, taking and never giving, giving. But that wasn't the nature of the relationship. Yeah. So before you go on, Christina, I recognize for the first and second category, there's not necessarily a formal, do you want to be my bestie or do you want to be my associate? Mm -hmm. And, And it's just the relationship, you meet the person and the relationship grows and it can kind of organically go this way or that way. For this third category, which is the assignment one, does there have to be a formal, can you be my mentor? Or I, does that actually formally take place or need to take place for this relationship to have this assignment category attached to it? I would say yes and no. And I think it depends what you need from a relationship, with, which is what we'll go into further next episode. But if your boundary in relationships is you really need a clear cut, this is how I want it to look. If I am going to be your mentor, we are going to cover these things and you say yes or no to that. We're going to meet once a week over coffee. You come to my house, so on and so forth. If you need that, then I do think, yes, a structured, I am the mentor, you are the mentee, needs to happen. However, it doesn't always happen like that, right? There could be a lot of more organic ebb and flow to it. Perhaps at some point you were friends with this person and you grew up together and you just know each other and you hung out a lot. As time went on, perhaps you became more successful. For example, let's use finances. You became a financial guru and were making lots of money and your friend really wanted to follow in your footsteps and get financial advice from you. Mm. So by meeting, perhaps just over time and organically, it became more of a mentor-mentee aspect in terms of the financial investments that they wanted to make and learn from you and then that's a time to look back and say okay have our, has our friendship changed has it become more that i've become your mentor and less mm. that we trust each other and can spend time with each other and just be 
and vulnerable with each other versus is it every time we meet, I feel like I'm giving you all the advice that I or all the tricks that I've learned in the past month. Yeah, that's really interesting to consider how friendships might evolve from a friendship category to an assignment one Mm -hmm. because as an author we have friends who want to write and when we were hanging out together they all of a sudden we were friends and we were kind of mutually really being our authentic selves or trying to get there and then they start asking me about writing and I like obviously talking about it or they ask us about podcasting and obviously we love it and we want to help but I could see how if, if, if it's not just that one conversation, mm-hmm. but every time you get together, more and more of that begins to dominate the conversation, how it could definitely, yeah, the relationship can definitely slip into the assignment category where all of a sudden it is lopsided. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, right? Mm. There are going to be seasons of relationships where a friendship may slip into the assignment category and then it may go back into the friendship after they've learned everything they need to or they may leave and go on to something else. You may do the same, Mm. right? So the point is not that you place someone in a category and they are there forever and God forbid they were ever to change or you're ever to change. No, That's not real life, right? Things happen in our lives where perhaps we'll move away, we'll go through uh, a tragedy, we'll go through a life experience where friendships and relationships, they just, they go from one category to another. And we do want to say that's normal Mm. and that is okay. Yeah, completely. So that's the assignment category. If we were to turn things around, that is really what leads us to the fourth category, which is an advisor, right? So think about it like this, right? Uh, The assignment category is one where you're mentoring another person, but the advisor category is when you are asking someone to mentor you. So in certain seasons of our lives, God will bring advisors where we are their assignments. They Mm -hmm. are the ones who are serving as our mentors and often guide us in specific areas of our life. Perhaps it's marriage. Perhaps it's podcasting. It could be uh, it could be business related, so on and so forth. And then the caveat to, to that is it's usually for a limited amount of time as well. Yeah, by having an advisor, this means that you, I mean, you are the assignment, uh, you are able to receive the benefit of someone else's life experiences, right? You're able to receive the benefit of their education without necessarily paying the price that the advisor had to pay to get it. And and that, yes, might be monetary or because they went to school or they got coaching or certification, this, that, or the other, or it might actually be experiential lessons or painful lessons learned. Yeah, exactly. Advisors also cause things to happen for us that would not happen without them. They can offer incredible lessons and insights that keep us from experiencing things we don't need to experience because they can sort of foreshadow or tell us like, hey, if you go down this road, there is going to be destruction. So walk with caution or just turn around and run the other way. Yeah, completely. Christina, can you think of an example of uh, where this was the case for us? For sure. 
I think a great example is our premarital counselors. Perhaps you've had premarital counselors in your life too. For us, they helped us for a time being. Before we got married, they were able to give us insight and coaching and be our mentors about things to watch out for as we get married because we've never, both of us have never entered into a a marriage before. So there was a lot of things we didn't know about and there was a lot of things that we had idealisms about from Hollywood, from different books, from seeing other relationships Mm -hmm. where in practicality those things would not be healthy for a marriage or they just wouldn't work, right? Mm -hmm. I always, we always laugh and joke about the fact that in our premarital counseling, there was an assignment where we needed to put down, okay, how are we going to split up the chores Mm -hmm. in a household? And both of us said, you know what, we're going to do everything together. We will hold hands and take out the garbage. We will hold hands and put the dishes away. We will hold hands and cook because we love each other. And doesn't loving each other mean that we should always be around? And our premarital counselors, thankfully and gently told us that this is impossible. And it's also a big waste of time. Don't do this. (laughs) They actually asked us to do that assignment again, to look back and be like, hey, we only want to see one initial beside each chore because that way your house will actually run in an efficient manner. So they were able to put a stop (laughs) to something that we really, if we did and we just went on and did everything together, A, we would be inefficient. B, I think we would just be frustrated with each Mm. other because why do I need to take out the garbage together? Why are we doing this? Yeah. And because we saw them as advisors, it really was a direct, hey, we want you to do this again. And we did it differently. And it helped us tremendously because we were able to have those kinds of conversations of what I was used to, what Christine is used Mm -hmm. to and what our normals were but think about it like this if we had that exact same conversation with a relationship that was in the first category or a relationship that was in the second or the third one it may have not gone as smoothly Mm -hmm. right we may have received that suggestion or that piece of advice but it wouldn't have been as directive and maybe as effective too. yeah for sure we were like well that works for you but we are here and we're gonna do it like this we know better yeah (laughs) but in an advisor relationship there really is this sense where we are receiving experience insight and learning from others and in that way it was a comfort to us that our premarital counselors and our advisors were able to help normalize things that would otherwise feel abnormal. Now going on to the season of our life, our mentors were there for us when we were going through premarital counseling and they came to our wedding and we talked to them a little bit after we were married. But looking now, 14 years later, we look fondly upon that relationship and Mm -hmm. we are thankful for our mentors But do we call them when we have issues? No. No. Do we talk to them on social media? Well, they're not on social media, so no, (laughs) we don't. See, so there was a beginning and an end to that relationship. And that's the point of the advisor. So once you understand these relational categories, the next step is to learn to discern who is in your life, what category they're currently in, and whether they should actually be there. Now, without this intentional step, you're essentially going to continue to live in a constant state of relationship frustration. As the author of Relational Intelligence says, if we are frequently frustrated in our relationships, we must learn to see frustration as our friend. 
Frustration is an indication that some adjustments need to be made. Frustration is also a result of failed expectations. In the context of relationships, it means we must discern whether we are expecting someone to give what they are incapable or unwilling to give. We will stay in frustration when we continually expect someone who belongs in a certain relational category to behave like they belong to another. Hmm. Wow. Wow. I love that. I love that. So we're going to end this episode on that note. In two weeks, we're going to break down how to figure out which relationships fit where, right? So it's kind of, we're going to go from Adult Friendships 101 today (laughs) to Adult Friendships 201 in two weeks. So that's in two weeks. So please stay tuned and make sure that you subscribe if you haven't yet done so, because these next steps are revolutionary. And if you were running or jogging or driving or doing whatever, and you weren't able to take notes, just go to inbetween.org slash episode 118 for all of that information in our show notes. But for next week, Christina, what are we going to be talking about? Well, next week on episode 119, as we are on the cusp of the American elections, we will be interviewing Sharon Hirsch about how to be a voice of peace in a culture of polarization. Oh, boy, do we ever need that. Ah, (laughs) You cannot miss this episode. Yeah. And you can already think who you're going to send it to. (laughs) Send it to yourself. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you next time. This episode was brought to you in part by the Lord of Spirits podcast. Many Christians yearn to break free of the influence of secular materialism and to understand the union of the seen and unseen worlds as made by God. What is the spiritual world like? Tune in wherever you get your podcasts.